Next on BYU Sports Nation, who's the best BYU football player on the 2018 team? How would you answer the question two games into the season? Notre Dame transfer and starting guard Tristan Hodge spoke up in the locker room after the Cal game what he told about why he felt the need to do that. And we'll have some hypothetical fun. Wait for it. What if BYU beats Wisconsin? Don't roll your eyes. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, September 13th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up. With Copper Hills High School 20-year reunion coordinator, Jerem Jordan. And when, I was, when I was a junior running for student body officer, I was specifically wanting to be a student body officer and not the senior class people because they are in charge of that. So I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> I have Outstanding nothing to do foresight with it. on your part. Yes, I was like, I don't want anything to do with this in a year. Ah, yes. But I want to go to it and hang out and say hi, yeah, but I don't want to be in charge of it. Let, let's just say, you know what? I'm going to call out my fellow senior class group. We had a 10-year reunion. It was in someone's backyard. And there, there, was, a, there was a lot of a certain substance that I did not consume at that <laughs> particular party. Okay? <laughs> we can do better. I'm worried about your 20-year reunion now. <laughs> yeah. I was hey, like, what, what is this? Thanks to uh, a friend on Twitter, at BlueSkyMan95, Jeremy. Yes. We are now experts on Delaware. Uh, based off of yesterday's convo, yes. Uh, listened to B- hashtag BYUSN from Delaware every day this past summer while selling pest control. Only thing in Delaware is the blue hens and tax-free shopping. Oh, tax-free shopping. So, uh, at BlueSkyMan95. Thank you. Lived in de- listened to the show in Delaware. You the man. Tax-free We registered shopping. in Delaware. <laughs> That's good for our metrics. <laughs> We're huge in Delaware. about tax-free shopping. That's amazing. I don't care about that. Doesn't, what? Well, that's just a, that's a great start to today's not, show. You, you know what? You know what, BYU? Are we on right now? <laughs> yes, yes, we uh, are. BYU should play Delaware, and then you can enjoy the tax-free shopping on your trip there. In Delaware. Yeah. Okay. Instead, you'll be in Madison tomorrow night. Can you name the most Hang famous on. Delaware Blue Hen to play football? Yes, Joe Flacco. Yes, it is. Yeah. Dennis Pitta's best friend, not Joe elite. Flacco. Not elite. Here's what we've got for you on today's show. In 15 minutes, find out why Tristan Hodge told Jerem Jordan this. The first thing I, I needed to do is make sure that that feeling of despair and that losing mentality didn't set in. Ah, yes. The why, perhaps, to there was an emotional Tristan Hodge in the locker room. And we'll play Know the Foe in 30 minutes. And, Jerem, Ronnie Jones-Perry is in Studio B as top-ranked BYU women's volleyball. Copper Hills. Gets set to host number 24, Utah. That'll huge, happen in 40 minutes. Huge game tonight. Huge game for women's volleyball. I'm BYU's so- first chance to play as the number one ranked team in 2018. Very exciting. Of course it would be against Utah, mm. who is also ranked. We now present today's top stories across BYU Sports Nation. BYU football nearing travel to Madison, Wisconsin. They are two days away from facing the sixth-ranked Badgers on Saturday at Camp Randall. Radio pregame begins at 1.30 p.m. Eastern with Jason Shepard. Welcome, Jason. Countdown to kickoff begins at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, live on BYU TV. 
Big Yonsa left Monday's game against the Jets with an injured shoulder. An MRI revealed no serious damage. Ansa hopes to return in two weeks against 49ers. Taylor Sander recording big numbers, including a team leading four aces in a U.S. national team win over Serbia. Team USA facing Australia right now in the FIVB World Championships. And last we saw, they lead the Aussies one set to none. And the number one ranked aforementioned 8-0 women's volleyball team host rival and 24th ranked Utah tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. It's one thing to be 9-0, but it's another to have Sorry, are four... they 9-0? No, 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 sorry. Oh. If they get to 9-0. I'm oh. getting ahead of I was myself. Like, what? No, 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 I'm getting ahead of myself. If BYU gets to 9-0, to have four of those wins be against top 25 teams and one of those against the number one team. That's why they're the number yeah. one team. Uh-huh. Deserving. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Jerem, we have a huge sample size of BYU football. Yes, we do. Two two games into the 2018 season. We've seen a little bit of everything, and consistency hasn't been a theme. But that's not to say the Cougars aren't without consistently good players through those two games. So as of right now, Jerem, who is BYU's best player? I don't know that BYU has a great player at the moment. I think these players will emerge. I think there's some good players on BYU's team. But who's the best? There's always going to be a best. The best of the good. Based the best of the good guys. Uh, I'll go with Diane Gonwoloku. Oh, okay. Through the first two games. Strong performance against Cal. Yes, against Arizona. Don't, didn't recall much. Um, came back from blowing a, a, a coverage and giving up a 52-yard touchdown to two fumble recoveries, including... This one where Butch Powell lays the lumber and Diane Gonwoloku at the right time, right place, takes it in for the score. In fact, Diane Gonwoloku had as many touchdowns as BYU's offense did on Saturday. So I go Diane. He's been outstanding in punt coverage. The former Northridge Knight. It's hard to register as a great player on special teams, but Diane, even against Arizona, was really solid in position. Yeah, he and Zane Anderson are are down the field in a hurry. Yeah, and that leads me to my answer to this question. And I'm going to give you one on both sides of the ball. Zane Anderson is my best defensive player right now. He seems to be in the right position at all times. And when you're looking for a best player, you want somebody that's consistently good. Zane Anderson is consistently good. I want more from him in terms of getting a hand on the ball. I want an interception from Zane Anderson. I, I think he's really capable as a former safety net linebacker. I wonder how much teams are trying to go away from him. I don't know. Has he registered that type of No, he's not kind attention? of cool like where it's like, hey, don't go to this guy's side if you can avoid it. He's a ball hawk. Not yet. I think that Zane is capable of such, but he doesn't draw that much attention in the scouting report. They're like, dude, 23, don't throw his way. I don't recall a play this season where I said, what was Zane doing? Or why was he there? Or why was he not there? Or how come he didn't have that coverage? I, I don't recall a play. So he hasn't where, been overly negative, but how many overly positive times? Well, I can think been? of one that comes to mind is, yes, punt coverage. And then he made a, a tackle for loss against Cal in the first half. It was really good. If the guy gets outside, yes. they probably get a first down. But yes. he prevents it because he gets inside the coverage. Yeah. The 12 total tackles thing, like, it's a cool number. But you know what I would have loved more? A couple more attacks for losses. A couple, like right a there. pass breakup. Yep. That was his first tackle for loss. Um, which was great, which is great. Okay, on the offensive side of the ball, it's been Moroni Laulupututau, who was quiet, lying in waiting, coming off of a Liz Frank fracture and injury that kept him out all of last season. Not a fan of Liz. So 
Zane's my guy on defense, but Moroni Laulaputatau with his eight catches, which leads BYU from the tight end position, uh, is right now my most consistent, best offensive player. And he's given us some wow moments. He's gotten down the field. He leaped the defender against Arizona. He looks healthy. He looks consistent, and he looks consistently good. Where's Matt Bushman? This guy. Led. Oh, and Moroni is a great blocker as well. He's improved a lot in that category. It's great. Um, I want to see more. Matt Bushman, you know, so we're discussing BYU's best player. I don't know that BYU has a standout player at the moment. Like, defensively, BYU has one sack. Dian had those two fumble recoveries. Like, I'm going with Dian, but it's through two games. I think the volume's kind of low to really figure out who this is. I'm really hoping that it's Tanner Mangum. If it's not Tanner Mangum, BYU's looking at, like, six and six. Tanner Mangum's got to be BYU's best player. Yeah, When BYU football has been good, the quarterback's been awesome. Sure. BYU has never had a great team or even a really good team where the quarterback was just meh. This isn't the type of offense and program where that works. Can we settle on a consensus honorable mention in Squally Canada? Uh, Arizona, yeah. Cal, no. (sighs) That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. Saturday, BYU will have a front row seat to the nation's top running back. So will you, Spencer, on the Uh, sidelines. Which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Wisconsin running back Jonathan Taylor leads the nation in rushing yards, rush yards per game, and rushing TDs. That's great, Jerem. What incredible news I've just delivered. Mm -hmm. But how much will he dominate the game? Spencer, who will have a greater impact Saturday, Jonathan Taylor or the field, meaning the rest of the players? I'm going with the field and specifically a position group, and it's the Wisconsin offensive line. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is... An outstanding athlete, no question. But he's also running behind the best offensive line in college football. He is Terrell Davis behind the Denver Broncos offensive line in the late 90s. Terrell Davis was an amazing athlete. He was made better by the big beauties in front of him that opened up huge, gaping holes. Jonathan Taylor has an easier job than most running backs You'd spend 20 minutes watching film of what he's running behind, and you will agree with me. Why did it take 20? Three, okay, maybe one minute. There you go. Three, maybe four of Wisconsin's offensive linemen are NFL draft projected players. Three or four on the same offensive line? They're huge. I love that uh, Braden Elbakri told us that Look, we've got Austin Hoyt. No, no, or was it Corbin Kafusi? It was Corbin Kafusi said, look, we've got Austin Hoyt. Wisconsin has five Austin Hoyts. <laughs> really? Five? <laughs> well, it's the Wisconsin offensive line. I think that they will dominate, which breaks free Jonathan Taylor and the other talented running backs and protects Alex Hornibrook so he can go 18 for 19 against BYU last year. It's the offensive line. I go with Jonathan Taylor. It's like Tiger Woods versus the field. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor. I don't see a BYU player or group making a bigger impact than Jonathan Taylor, even on Wisconsin. He's not a two-game wonder either. Um, we just told you he leads the nation in rushing and rush yards per game. 7.8 yards carry. Like, that's ridiculous. I think he had a of quiet 120-something against BYU last 128 in a touch. Yeah. Um, of all players with at least 32 carries, he averages the highest yards per carry. Okay. More great news. Sixth in the Heisman last year as a freshman. 23 yards away from 2,000 as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Year's Six winning team. Jonathan Taylor is the best running back in the country. Not because he leads the country, because he's the best running back. I mean, he this guy's going to be a first-round pick probably when he comes out in a year. So Jonathan Taylor is going to have the biggest impact in this game, no doubt. But 
there are other people who will have a huge impact. Like, if BYU cannot stop Wisconsin on first and second down, third down, easy for Alex Hornibrook if it's a play-action pass. Oh, yeah, and because that's he has why he was talented so receivers, and he Horny, gets one of them back this week. Hornibrook is not one of the top 20 quarterbacks in college football. But behind that offensive line and with that run game, he is. He is. He's crazy efficient because, guess what? The defense is sucking up on the run. I'm going to do some really complicated math for everyone. I don't feel like this is going to be complicated. <laughs> Wisconsin has the best running back in college football, and they have the best offensive line in college Therefore, football. Therefore, they are good. Shocking that they lead the country in the rushing attack, Jerem. How about that? You got the best running back and the best offensive line, so you have the best running game. Oh, BYU has their hands full. We'll hear more on why specifically BYU uh, is trying to gear up to face that gauntlet of an offensive line and a gauntlet game, no less. Jerem, but just for fun. All of this is for fun. None of it's serious. Let's have some hypothetical fun, shall we? And I have to put on the blue goggles. So do you. I do? I think that you won't even be able to handle this. I'm just forewarning you. Okay. What if BYU... Stuns Wisconsin on Saturday. Yeah, I'll put it. Blue goggle alert. Blue goggle if, alert. If Blue goggle B- alert. If. What Blue if BYU alert. beats Wisconsin? Uh, season changes. <laughs> in a huge way. You heard like, what I said yesterday, and I'll yeah, get to that in a moment. Season definer, back on track, nationally relevant, all-time win. In fact, um, if BYU beats Wisconsin, Wisconsin actually isn't a top-10 team, probably. Because BYU is 1-27 all-time against teams that actually finished in the top 10. I love Miami 90. You are just full of great news and sunshine. Yeah, so many morning. so many things, right? Uh-huh. Um, how about when BYU plays a team that's in the top 10? What's BYU's record? AP? 1 and 13. So, this would be a huge win, right? If BYU were to win. I don't need BYU to win this game to feel okay about the game. I need BYU to compete. I need BYU not to be the team that played Cal and put up 287 of total all. Here's the thing. Moral victory. Yeah. Losers discuss moral victories. Yeah. Uh, against Cal, BYU had one touchdown, 287. Last year against Wisconsin, two field goals for the Brighamites and 192 yards of total offense. So I need, to be re- I need BYU to be respectable. Okay? The chances of winning this game are slim to none. In fact, if BYU doesn't have a Heisman Trophy winner, they don't beat top 10 teams. Okay? And that one was at home. So... I wish you I wish you luck and may God have mercy on your soul. But what if, Jerem, blue goggles firmly affixed. Yeah, I took mine off. What if Wisconsin plays their worst game of the season and BYU plays their best game to date in the season and the Cougars sneak out of Madison? Then the margin will be fourteen. Okay? I said it yesterday. It will be one of the greatest wins in BYU football history. I could argue number two right now. It might be the second greatest win in BYU football history. Yeah, that would be crazy. And what we should say is something that we can pull back if if BYU does win, just so it's on tape. You know what I mean? Like, hey, BYU will win this game. <laughs> just, so, just so if... We're like, hey, we called it. Like on Thursday, we, we told said it. you. We said it. No, I l- listen. No one thinks BYU can win this game, but BYU, the team itself, needs to needs to go in there and and have a way better situation than last year. I, 
I think BYU was out of it early in the game last year. I'm hoping that BYU can pull a New Mexico, which is New Mexico was in the game. What was it? 10 7 and a half? Yes. Wisconsin was up, right? Mm-hmm. Why can't BYU play that game and then just in the second half just make it interesting? Yes. That's make all it I weird. want. Just make yes. We talk about Let's the weird. Let's get weird. The weird category. Workaholics. Let's get weird. I hope it gets weird with BYU and Wisconsin Saturday in Madison on ABC. That's our hope, right? BYU's. BYU can be a weird place, right? So can other places. Wisconsin. Let's get weird in Madison. BYU and Wisconsin might play this game a hundred times, and the Cougars win two or three. Under but, the current scheduling uh, philosophy, they could play a hundred times. We'll see. But what if? What if <laughs> Saturday is one of those rare exceptions? Just the crazy with BYU coming out with one of the greatest wins in Cougar football history. You don't normally see it before it happens. That's the thing. True statement. True statement. All right. While you're all thinking about that hypothetical fun, it's time to hear from you and go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Two games into the season, who is BYU's best player? It'll probably take BYU's best player to have a remarkable game. Whoever that is. For BYU to beat Wisconsin. But at Melman Mark on Twitter says... Um, can we have a 1 and 1A? One Sione Takitaki and Corbin Kafusi are a formidable combo. Their high football IQs combined with great speed and agility are impressive to watch, and I promise opposing offensive coordinators are game planning against them, perhaps to avoid them. Hashtag BYUSN. Listen, I like both those guys. I think they're skilled. Uh, the BYU team has combined for one sack through two games. And it's Corbin Kafusi's. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin's not going to be a quick throw game, so sacks, there'll be an opportunity there. There will. Coming up, how well do we know the foe in Wisconsin? And why did offensive lineman Tristan Hodge take it upon himself to address the team following the loss to Cal? He'll tell us all about it next. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's a little bigger than I am. A little? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Saturday, we will be live from Madison with Spencer Kent Linton and in Provo for Countdown to Kickoff. Join Spencer, Dave, Blaine, David, and Brian as we get you ready for the game. Watch it on BYU TV and the app Saturday at 2.30 Eastern Time. We are live right now from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. If you missed the show live, you can always download the podcast or watch the show by going to BYUSN.com. Experience BYU Sports Nation whenever, wherever, however you prefer. Our question of the day, two games into the BYU football season, who is BYU's best player? At Samuel Hepworth, answers on Facebook. Sione Takitaki for sure. That guy is the only one that has been consistently there. There was one play against Cal where Taki Taki could have made a stop on third down, got cleanly to the quarterback and didn't get him. I think Sione's playing at a good level. I think he could play a little better, though. I think he's a good player, and he needs to rise up to that a little bit. Yeah, typically, to be the best player, you have to have at least one like what's gem the, moment. What's the Sione moment of yeah, the Yeah, what is the Sione moment? I don't think he's moment. had it, yeah. He's had some nice pass breakups. He's been good in pass coverage. Yes, he almost had the interception against Arizona. But almost is – no, losers talk about almost. The gem. Yeah. You, need, you need the gem. Yes. No, he's a good player. He's a good player. He has two tacks for loss, no sacks, three pass breakups to lead the team. 
Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yesterday, Jerem Jordan had the privilege of speaking with Tristan Hodge, transfer from Notre Dame, offensive lineman extraordinaire, and he's the guy that addressed BYU after the disappointing Cal loss. He felt so strongly that he needed to do it, and he explains why that, just one part of this one-on-one BYU Sports Nation all-access, Jerem Jordan with Tristan Hodge. All right, Tristan, uh, a lot of frustration from a lot of people, but a cool story came out of of the team, particularly you, talking to the team right after uh, the game in the locker room. Kind of what what was the message, and why did you feel the need to speak up? The first thing I I needed to do is make sure that that feeling of despair and that losing mentality didn't set in. That's a poison, and I can't let that perpetuate in any way with with one person. So I took it upon myself to do it as immediately as we got in that locker room, as immediately as everybody got in there. Um, And, you know, my message was, you know, we have to move on. You know, yeah, we lost. But guess what? We lost together, you know. And, of course, we had our mistakes. But that's the point of the next week. You know, we can correct the mistakes. So it wasn't the last game on earth. And, you know, I let them know, you know, this is why I do it for them. You know, I come out here every day and I, and I work my tail off for them. And that's the, that's the biggest thing is I think when they understand also that, you know, ups and downs, you know, if, you know, at least one of us is going to come to work for the uh, conglomerate, I mean, I think that's a big message. How was that message received by your teammate? I think it was received really, really well. I mean, these guys today and yesterday have just been working their tails off. I mean, you can see there's a different aura, you know, and, and as Grimes has said, there's a, there's a hunger deep inside that's just eating at them. And I, I can tell, you know, there's guys who just can't rest until they get out here, you know. And so I think that's a big thing, big difference from this week and last. So there was some varying thought on level of preparation and execution and whatnot. What were some of the elements you felt like, okay, that didn't work, we need to improve those particular things? You know, I think the, the uh, strength of us was also our knowledge on the O-line. I think, you know, we start we start with us because it always starts with us. Um, and that being said, you know, we, we've corrected our kinks and we've gone through this, you know, this defense this week and we're prepared for them. And, you know, further than that, I mean, mistakes that were made by other players, I never paid attention to because it's a mentality of, you know, next play. Once, I, once a mistake is made, and especially if I make a mistake, I know right when I make a mistake, I'm like, well, I'm going to see this on film. And I just move on. And then that's it. I'm like, I'll see it in film, and then I'll move on from that, too. You can just take out your rearview mirror. You don't look backwards, right? Yeah, exactly. I, don't have, I have no reason. That would be really dangerous. Don't do that. No reason to go in reverse. I mean, I could. I, could. I have a rear park assist. Nice, dude. <laughs> We're talking to Tristan Hodge, offensive lineman for BYU. Uh, let's dig into your origins a little bit. Uh, you were the number one center in the country coming out of high school, right? You were highly recruited. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, I never, I never really bought into all the the news and, and all that. I mean, that was more my family. They were, they were the ones that said, "Hey, you had this written about you." And I'm like, "Awesome!" And I'm like, "I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do this." And like, see, I never wanted that to, to really cloud my mind. Um, but yeah. What were some of the experiences of going to Notre Dame from Pocatello, which is a, a great in and of itself, right? Um, Highland High, Highland High, yes, Highland High, home of uh, Wayne Tate Kirby, yep. Tristan Hodge. Connor Harding, and uh, I think there was a quarterback that played at BYU. Taysom Hill went there too. I think his name's Taysom. He's yeah. for the Saints. So they're like a, there's like a BYU thing yeah. at Highland, right? Yeah, for sure. I, there's definitely some sort of destiny within there. Yeah. <laughs> and a guy on the basketball team, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so what ultimately led you to Notre Dame, and then what brought you back to or to BYU? You know, I had this mindset when I was in high school that I wanted to get out of, you know, Pocatello, out of Idaho, and I took that very literally that I would rather, rather go to the opposite end of the country where I knew nobody, where it was a different atmosphere, and I saw Notre Dame, the tradition, and all the things that they have, you know, their history just really drew me in, um, but that being said, you know, sad it didn't work out, and, but now that I'm here, I thanks for the best. 
What's uh? I thought I saw an Instagram post or something of your dad. Is he like a bodybuilder? Dude's jacked, right? Yeah, he he was back in the day, and he definitely takes care of himself. Him and my mom both. Yeah. And then of course, Uncle Uncle Mero is like football and like being in good shape a family thing. I really think so. I mean, it's definitely we're gonna perpetuate it throughout our lineage. So I mean, I definitely think that <laughs> football's in the blood. You and Bo, right? So. Uh, your cousin Bo, tell me about your experiences kind of growing up, and he and when did he move to Kentucky? You know, they actually were in Kentucky. I mean, my whole life, I I was never very close in proximity with them, but I mean, we got to meet, we got to you know be with each other and all that, and grow up a little bit every now and again, but not as much as you know we like now. Not as much now, you know, we're in close proximity with, with each other almost 24/7. But that being said, I mean, yeah, I think it's great to not be here with my cousin and finally get to bond with him. So is your dad brothers with Merrill, or is it with a, yes, one of yeah, them? Yeah, they're brothers. My dad's okay. the younger brother. Your dad's the younger brother. Yeah. Okay. And is Merrill the oldest or middle kid? No, there's actually four brothers. Oh, okay. Yeah, the oldest nice. is the oldest is Rick, then it goes Merrill, my dad, and then actually uh, Chris. And he actually came here too. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Uh, so once you come back to BYU, last year you have to redshirt. What are some of the things you pocketed last year that you've been able to start applying this season playing? I think it was, you know, the experience itself, you know, letting that year settle in and allow me to get better not look on it as like a dang I have to sit out I'm not gonna be participating not let it drag me down I had to let it you know fuel me you know I had to go through that whole year and say you know what I'm gonna let this fact that I'm not playing I'm gonna let that drive me to get better this entire year and then when the next year rolls around I'm gonna cut it loose and luckily you you got one of yours from Notre Dame back right so you're a redshirt sophomore yeah I'm I, I you think three years I'm play? a sophomore, yeah. I got three years. I, should, I really should have been a doctor. I should, yeah. This I, point. You'll be here long enough to get a doctorate, probably. Oh, yeah. By the, time I, by, the, by the time I graduate, I'll actually be the same age as the return missionaries. Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah, the, and the average age is 21 and a half, they say. So yeah. we're, t- we're talking with Tristan Hodge on the offensive line. Uh, up next, Wisconsin. Obviously a tremendous tradition, ranked number six. What kind of challenge are the Badgers this Saturday? You know, they're a great defense. You know, they, they speak for themselves. They're, they're ranked very high in the defensive list of the NCAA, and they bring it. They're physical, both both sides of the ball. You know, they're known for that. Their, their tradition is smash-mouth football. With that being said, you know, that's the same here. And, you know, we're ready, we're ready to take it to them there. And, you know, we're prepared, prepared for their defense. But that being said, they're going to be a challenge. But I mean, who doesn't like a challenge? Whether it's true or not, there's this perception, right, of like a power five and non-power five, whatever. I get the sense that you guys think you're a power five offensive line. What do you think of the group you guys have? You know, our group, I, you know, I love them to death. You know, I'm proud of every single one of them, and they work so hard, you know, every day. And just seeing how they've grown, you know, this from coaching changes to now, it is light years from where we were, and I'm, and I'm glad to work beside them. When Squally or Lopini or whoever has a nice run, how much are you talking and celebrating and discussing things and talking trash? versus huffing and puffing to get to the next play? You know, I think depending on the drive, if we're really far down there, the, the trash talk goes out the window. I don't think the RO line has the best trash talk on earth. <laughs> that being said, I mean, yeah, we talk. Like, I mean, it's usually very casual. Like, if someone's, someone's hey, I missed that game. No, nah, I know. You know, simple things like that. But, uh, you know, we're, we're always, you know, our, one thing that we want to press, though, first is we'd rather pick up the, the uh, quarterback or running back or whoever's down there first. We'll talk later. There you go. Well, uh, thanks for the time, and have fun jumping around with House of Pain after the third quarter. Are you going to jump? You know the tradition? I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm excited yeah. to see it. I'm yeah. excited to see it in real life. Okay. Have fun Saturday. Thank you very much. BYU offensive lineman Tristan Hodge, always a hoot, man. He's great. <laughs> I'm so happy he's on the team. He was, he was really legit out of high school, and like you talked about, he went to Notre Dame, but he's here at BYU. His cousin's on the team as well. He's a starter after his redshirt year. He is a valuable part of this team, and he's good offensive lineman. And how fortunate for BYU to have him for three years. Yes, that's awesome. That's great news. Go. He'll be 28 when uh, he graduates. (laughs) 
Coming up, she's the best player on the best team. Ronnie Jones-Perry from the volleyball team is in studio to discuss that and tonight's matchup with number 24, Utah. And how much do we really know about Bucky the Badger? Mm. We'll find out next in just one part of Know the Foe. This is BYU Sports Nation. Check out BYU Sports Nation right now. Uh, Right now. It's with Kiki Solano. It's the latest in Cougar Sports with a social media twist. Check it out on Facebook, IGTV, YouTube, and our Twitter account. It's BYU Sports Nation right now. It is a very fun new segment. Check it out. I've got something for you right now. Today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football nearing travel to Madison. Two days away from facing sixth-ranked Wisconsin at Camp Randall Stadium on Saturday afternoon. Offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes tells us what he sees in the Wisconsin Badger defense. Really, really sound. Uh, Very hard to get a big play on. They're as well coached and as thorough in their preparation as any defense that I've ever played against. Really big and physical, but they're not just big slow guys. They're big guys that can run and and they, they don't do a whole lot on defense, but they're really, really good at what they do. Radio pregame starts Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. Countdown to kickoff at 2.30 Eastern live on BYU TV. Sigiansal left Monday's game against the Jets with an injured shoulder. An MRI revealed no serious damage. Ansah hopes to return in two weeks against 49. Taylor Sander had an outstanding performance, including a team leading four aces in a U.S. national team win over Serbia. Team USA facing Australia right now in the FIVB World Championships and currently lead the Aussies two sets to none. Nice. And number one ranked 8-0 women's volleyball host rival and 24th ranked Utah tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. It's been too long since we've done this. The Wisconsin Badgers under the microscope in the form of Know the Foe. BYU Sports Nation asks, do you know the foe? Ah, we'll see. Ben Bagley has prepared some brain busters for us to see how well we know the foe of the Wisconsin Badgers. Ben, bring on what you have prepared. I forget how fun this segment is. It's fun to prepare this. I'm ready to stump you guys. Let's start out. Who's going to go first? Let's go. Yes. Jerem. Jerem, you get to go first. Hi. Okay. Question number one, easy, true or false? You had a 50-50 chance here. While they are the Wisconsin Badgers, Mm -hmm. the team has used live animal mascots on the sidelines that include badgers, bears, (laughs) and bonnet monkeys. I'll go false. Your false? Yeah. A bear? And a badger. And a bonnet monkey. Don't forget about the bonnet monkey? monkey. Yes. A what monkey? A bonnet monkey. Bonnet Bonnet monkey. Yeah. Google it. It was a pioneer? Yeah. By the way, uh, this this from Wikipedia. Beginning in ni- 1890. Really, we're using Wiki. Yeah. The university's first Bucky the Badger was a live, temperamental, and unruly <laughs> badger. Badgers are all which, temperamental and unruly. Which was quickly retired. Yeah. Probably after BYU one game. brought cougars on the sideline. I think that's even worse. <laughs> that's against like 17 PETA violations right now. All right, Spencer, your chance to take the lead here. Also, a true or false. Okay. True or false, Money Magazine currently names Madison, Wisconsin as the best place to live in the United States. Mm. Yeah, I'll go true on that. Mm. No! No, no. 
That was back in 1996. That's, that's so 96. Oh, sorry. Tw- oh, I'm 22 years too late. Things have changed. How about we do a little quick true or false with famous UW alums? Okay. We'll start with you, Jerem. Curly Lambeau. True. Correct. Lambeau one, Field. One point, Jerem. Mm-hmm. Founder of the Green Bay Packers. Yep. Okay. All right, Spencer. Wes Matthews Sr. False. Mm. Ah, Wes Matthews Jr., not an alum. So His no. father, yes, a UW alum. There you go. Wes oh. Matthews of the uh, Senior. NBA. Yeah. yeah. Also a former NBA player. Mm-hmm. All right, Jerem. Jim Carrey. False. Mm. Canadian. Nope. <laughs> they don't nope. go to Wisconsin. Jim Carrey, the hockey player, not the actor. Oh! <laughs> a UW alum. <laughs> you still lead one nothing. Wow. So Jim Carrey did go to The final famous alum. True or false, Bob Euchre. Oh. oh, just a bit outside. Oh, longtime voice of the Brewers, right? Yeah. And the voice of Major League. <sighs> I am going to say false. Correct. Didn't go to college, went straight to the majors. Nice. Yes. All right, back to you. Question, uh, true or false question for Jerem. The University of Wisconsin is home to the Raskeller. A food and beverage museum, which is home to the country's largest museum wing dedicated to cheese and broths. True. Mm. <laughs> That's false. Wow. I made slurves, that man. I am just looking at those. It's, it's one and one right now. <laughs> knee buckler. That was a knee buckler. I was like, I was like, Ugh! All right. All right, Spencer. Does the University of Wisconsin have more national championships in hockey or football and basketball combined? Oh, Football and basketball combined. Mm. Oh! Wrong. They only have one of those. 1941 for the Hoops team. They've got six hockey national championships. Okay. All right, last true and, true and false, and we'll go to some real and fake. True or false, Jerem Madison is known as the Berkeley of the Midwest. <laughs> false. Mm. It's that? true. What is it? Why are we playing both noises? <laughs> it's false. It's, it's false. false. It is, yeah. It okay. Not. Thank it, you. It, it, Thank you. It is the no. Actually, it is true. It is the Berkeley of the it's Midwest. The My Ber- bad. It's known as the Berkeley of the, the Berkeley Midwest. Berkeley of the Midwest. Yes. Your mom.blogspot.com? <laughs> <laughs> no, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. The source of truth and knowledge. Moment. <laughs> All right. Some real or fake? These are actually real or fake players on the ma- on the Wisconsin Badger football roster real or right fake now. Players. We are yeah. getting crushed right now. Yeah, you guys aren't doing very well. Well, that's just a that's just. A, just sets the tone for Saturday. <laughs> all right, all right, Spencer. We'll start <laughs> with you. Don't do it. We'll start with you. Okay. All right. Rashad Wild Goose. <laughs> uh, fake. No. That's number five in your program. He plays cornerback. How did he not make the t- ten and ten names? You put know. it together. Wild. Well, Wild Goose. Know. Yeah, Rashad Wild Goose is his name. Well. Okay, keep going. All right. There's a better one on their team. Yeah, yeah there is. Uh, Sp- or Jerem, how about Tony Shalhoub? Shalom? Uh, false? <laughs> Correct. He's actually the actor famous for the role of Monk. <laughs> okay. But, but a famous Wisconsin. Okay. Is that right? Is that how you say that? Wisconsin? Wisconsin. I, 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 I don't know. Wisconsin. That should have been a question. Wisconsinian. Right. I should, I we don't know anything about Wisconsin, Wisconsin I, barely. Learning so much. Wikipedia, I don't know. Okay. All right, Spencer. Taj Mustafa. True. Yes, a real player, wide receiver. Yep. Nice. I recognize that name. Jerem. Eddie McDoom. McDoom? False. <laughs> 
He's actually a player on the University of Michigan football team. <laughs> Mick Doom? I am Mick Doom. I am Mick Doom. And he better play linebacker. That's yeah, what I'm saying. seriously. Okay. All right, Spencer, He's Tom, Tom Wopat. <laughs> Real or fake player? True. Fake. No. <laughs> also a famous Wisconsinian, but also Luke Duke of Dukes of Hazards fame. Luke Duke. I have no. Yes. This is crazy. All right, last one, Jeremy. Okay, I, th- I think you got the win. What's the score? Anyways. Do we even know? Read last it to one. you. Yeah, you're up oh, by like go, one. Go. You won. Uh, Isaiah Loudermilk. True. Okay, that's true. Yep. That's the he one was, that made the list. Ten and ten. Yeah, he yes. was in the ten and ten. Uh, there. No, there's no fuck. You got no. Up for Wisconsin. Thank oh. you. Well, thanks, man. For that was feel awesome. That was compelling and rich as it always is. <laughs> we learned so much. There were so there were so many false ones, and I'm like, what was true? I can't even remember. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't. Yeah, know. I don't hey, know. no, no, no. The Berkeley of the Midwest said somebody. The University of Wisconsin said who though? We didn't get a reliable source. The Princeton Review or your mom? Come on. <laughs> Coming up, number one BYU women's volleyball host, number 24 Utah tonight. Ronnie Jones Perry will help us celebrate the pregame festivities in Studio B and preview the Cougars and Utes. This is BYU Sports Nation. Number one team, bro. Let's go. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight, the undefeated and top-ranked BYU women's volleyball team hosts 24th-ranked Utah at 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and the app. Do not miss it. That little number one next to BYU carries a lot of significance. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. This is our question of the day. Two games into the season, who is BYU football's best player? At BR Lemon on Twitter, Diane Gawaliku agrees with Jerem. Solid defensive player. One missed assignment for a touchdown, but other than that has been stellar on special teams and defense. Honorable mentions, Sione Takitaki, Squally Canada, Moroni Laulupututau, and Braden L. Bakri. None of, yeah, all of those are fun names, by the way. All four you said there. Takitaki, Canada, Laulupututau, L. Bakri. Yeah, let's have some Wisconsin media Beautiful. members play real or fake with BYU's yeah, names. Braden L. Bakri. Awesome. You can join the conversation 24-7 on social media by using the hashtag BYUSN. Back in Studio B is star of the BYU women's volleyball team and senior leader Ronnie Jones-Perry having an amazing season thus far, not just as a team, but individually. Ronnie, great to have What's you up, back. What's up, Ronnie? Thanks. Welcome back. Thank you. Let's start with the uh, obvious headliner. What is it like to be the number one ranked team in America? It's a little bit crazy. Um it was really exciting when we first heard the news, and then we kind of took a moment to be like, you know, we did a good job. We earned this. It's not something that's just given to you. Um, but then also realized that volleyball is volleyball, and it doesn't matter what number's in front of our name. We got to go play our best. So You guys have always played on so- with sort of a chip on your shoulder. Is like, okay, we're not in the Power Five. We're this outsider that's always in the Sweet 16. Now that you're number one, does it feel different at all? Because you've been validated in a way nationally. Um. For me personally, I don't feel like it feels very different. There's, I think that there's a big um, majority of people in the nation that are still going to kind of expect us to lose it and not expect us to really be one of these top of the top teams towards the end of the season. So, um, and it's kind of fun to play with that chip on your shoulder anyway. So I, I like to keep that kind of attitude. Like we always have th- something to prove and then just keep working. Can you maintain that while being number one? Yeah. It's kind of hard because everyone's get, we're going to ask you, everyone's going to ask you about it. You're number one. 
yeah, I think we can still keep that. There's still lots of things that we want to get better at as a team. And so we can use that to kind of motivate us to play with the chip on our shoulder. Like we want to go do better at this, this next game. And so just kind of keep us motivated that way. We're going to get a research team out there to find everyone that says, oh, BYU doesn't deserve the number one rating. <laughs> and then we'll just slide you that locker room material. Yeah, Perfect. I think you've earned it, too. Obviously, beating number one Stanford was a huge deal. Yeah. But uh, you've defeated USC in three. In a sweep, yeah. Uh, and now here you have Utah, uh, which we'll break down in a second. Um, but you're the number one team. You guys have fought hard for this, too. This has been years in the making. Yeah. When did you? When did you? So you said you guys took a moment. Was that was that on Monday when it happened? Yeah. So it was. Um, we kind of. It was the first time that we were together as a team on Monday, and just right at the beginning of practice, Heather was like, "So I'm sure that most of you guys have already heard, but the AVCA poll came out. Um, we're ranked number one right now, but and she just kind of took a moment to say like, you guys earned this. You guys have fought hard. You guys weren't just given it.'" Um, but also realize that like we still have work to do. So kind of like what I already said, we kind of took that moment as a team to be like, you know what, we went and did that, but we, there's still a lot of season left. BYU will play a fourth-ranked team in the first nine matches. Utah tonight, who is number 24. What do you anticipate uh, in the matchup with the Utes tonight? Um, I anticipate a fight. It's always a battle against Utah. It doesn't matter who's on what, like who's on the court for them or who's on the court for us. It's always just a pretty high-energy, kind of emotional dogfight of a match. Berkeley Oblad, uh, it was announced she's out for the season. How does that change the game plan, if at all, one of the key players for Utah there? Um, I mean, for us as, a, as the girls on the team, it doesn't really change much for us. Our coaches will go and do the scouting and tell us what we need to be good at. And so for us, it's still just listening to the scout and doing our jobs. As a, as a Utah native, and you went to Copper Hills, we've talked about the same <laughs> high school. Yeah, You're one of the greats from Copper Hills. It's awesome. Um, and, and you grew up, did you like Utah growing up, BYU? Did you have a preference? Um, if I was going to choose, I would choose Utah growing up. Yeah. yeah. You end up at BYU. Now yeah. you're playing against Utah. So emotionally, what's it like when you play Utah? Because there's something special about when the blue and red combine there. Right. Um, I think the first couple of years, it was a little bit more of like a, it, I took it a little bit more personally. But now, like, especially this year, it just feels like, it's the next game up, and it's Utah, and I've kind of like been there. I kind of felt the emotions before, so now it's just it's volleyball, and I know it's going to be intense volleyball. But other than that, is it more than a regular match, though? Honestly, this do year, it, it doesn't. Like it doesn't feel like it. Hmm. It's the next thing that we need to do to get to where we want to be. You have a big mindset there. I'm just, <laughs> I just see Utah. And I go, come on, man, let's go. Yes, yeah. The rivalry yeah. is very much, for and the that's fans. why I'm not on the court. Ronnie Jones Perry <laughs> with us of BYU women's volleyball, the number one ranked team in the country. They will host Utah tonight. Let's revisit your history and how and why you came to BYU. I know you've told us, and you told us a few years back, but yeah. I think a lot of people would like to be reminded why why did you pick BYU over the likes of Utah and some of the other big name schools that were recruit, recruiting you. Um, when I came on visits here, that's kind of what sold it for me. Just talking to the girls on the team here and the coaching staff on the team here versus girls at other schools and other coaching staffs, it just felt more right for me. Not necessarily that the people here are better, but just it felt like a better fit for me personally. Um, I really like the family dynamic here. I like that I'm close enough to home that I can go home on the weekends, but far enough away that I'm still living my own life. Um, yeah, so just kind of like the feel on campus and the feel of the culture of the team and stuff like that. Give us an insight of, to what's it li- what it's like to be a member of a different faith at BYU as an athlete, but still have a, an enjoyable experience. 
Um, so at first, that was probably one of my biggest challenges being here. And I grew up in Utah, so I was already like used to the culture of it, I guess. But just like the amount of, I guess, references made to scriptural things in class and stuff like that, that was really hard for me at first to kind of get used to. Um, but I found that the more I kind of opened up to my teammates about stuff like that, the easier it got. And they would just kind of like, it helped them become more aware of maybe things that they would say that make people that aren't of the same faith a little bit uncomfortable. And so it's just kind of been a learning and growing experience for me because I understand better the people around me and why they do and believe the things that they do. But you share the same faith of sport. Yes. Volleyball. <laughs> and that has meshed well, for sure. Ronnie, you had an amazing season last year. You were third-team All-American. Um, Heather Olmstead said to me after the Stanford match, she said, Ronnie, Ronnie was she, uh, yeah, she, she was a beast, and it was, it was fun to watch. Um, where do you feel like you have gotten better coming off uh, a year where you were a third-team All-American? Um, I would just say kind of like being patient in the game. I guess understanding that when we're playing a big team that has really scrappy good defense, I'm not going to get a kill on every swing. And so just kind of like being patient through that um, and then also being able to read the game a little bit better. Um, knowing what other people want to do, and instead of kind of getting panicky about that, just having a calm mind and doing what I can to try to take that away. And what's awesome, too, is it's not like, hey, Ronnie, can you have 30 kills and like six kills a set to carry us? Although there have been those nights. There's some real key cogs in this team. So what about the culture and maybe some of the particular individuals has led to this team going to the Sweet 16 six years in a row and now is the number one team in the country? Um, I just think that we always are super competitive in the gym at our own practices. So there's always someone nipping at your heels saying, I'm going to take that spot from you. You know what I'm saying? And like we still have this really good culture where we're supporting each other through everything. So it's not like a you played great. That makes me feel bad. It's like a you played great and that's helping our team do better. And so I think we have a lot of players that are ready to contribute and they do when they get their time on the court. And that's kind of what pushes us like the strength of our team is our whole team. Last Friday, at about this juncture of the show, Jeremy and I looked at each other with uh, amazement because you had 20 kills through two sets in a sweep of USC. USC. During the show, we're like, oh my gosh. Uh, So we would would love for you to go on that type of run tonight, and we'd like to give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. You utilize it however you want. (laughs) I I said six kills a set. What I should have said is ten. I was off. I was off by four. We thought it was a typo. Like, now is that real? Yeah. That's crazy. Outstanding. <laughs> well, good luck tonight against Utah. Thank you. Should be a fun night. Ronnie Jones-Perry of number one ranked BYU women's volleyball. That game tonight, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain. Watch it live on BYU TV. Coming up, Cougars in Italy beating Serbia as Team USA's former Cougars do work across the pond in volleyball. And a Ziggy Ansa injury update, all part of the approaching whip around. This is BYU Sports Nation. Number one BYU versus Utah. Do not miss that. Numero uno. Shout out to today's guests, Tristan Hodge and Ronnie Jones-Perry. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast or go to BYUSN.com and watch full episodes. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU football plays Wisconsin Saturday in Madison at 3.30 Eastern on ABC and BYU Radio. Volleyball. Former Cougar Taylor Sander currently leading the U.S. national team in a match against Australia. Team USA leading two sets to one over the Aussies. You can watch that match live on flowvolleyball.tv. Golf. Women's team is picked to win the West Coast Conference in the preseason coaches poll. Rose Huang, Anna Kennedy, and Naomi Suifua were named to the all-West Coast Conference team. Cougars in the NFL. Ziggy Ansah is hopeful 
to start this Sunday against the 49ers despite an apparent shoulder injury last week. That's great news for him. Soccer. The women's team faces Marquette tomorrow at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio with pregame coverage beginning at 7.30 Eastern time. Today's rise and shout. Jerem, goes to who? Taylor Sander for doing work uh, with Team USA this morning against Australia. The FIVB World Championships coming off a big performance in a win against Serbia. Now looking to close out Team Australia. Our question of the day, back to BYU football. Two games into the season, we know. It's a huge, huge amount of material to view there in two games. Who is BYU's best player? All right. Let's go to at the Brentar 14 on Twitter. The travel size. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait on that one. Omaha. Omaha. Oma, yes, we're going we're gonna to call an audible on that one. We are? At Osh underscore Spencer. Is this you? No, it is not my burner account either. I don't think there is one yet. So far, production has been fairly split. I would love to see Squally separate himself as the best player over the next few weeks. He's the best running back at the moment. And Jeff Grimes was very clear about, if you deserve reps, I'll give you reps. But if you don't, someone else is going to get your time. So the fact that Riley Bird and Matt Hadley and Bo Hodge had three carries, we'll see if he gets more carries after not getting that first down there, right? Um that they aren't getting very, very many carries tells us something about what's going on with them as perceived by Jeff Grimes. At Timothy A. Coop, I personally believe it is still Matt Bushman. He may be getting double teamed when on the field, but they need to find more ways to utilize him. He was freshman All-American. Yeah, three catches for 46, 23 of which came on that uh, Arizona touchdown catch. So we'll see with Matt Bushman. I mean, the fact, yeah, that may be right where, hey, he's getting uh, double covered a little bit. The Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. Now we go to at the Brentar 14 on Twitter. Had to save that special trick play for later. The travel size offensive lineman Braden L. Backer. Okay. Every time Squally loses yards on a run, it's because Braden is not in the game lead blocking for him. Braden is the key to the BYU running game success this year. Ooh, that's a hot take. I like it. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Jim McMahon. Who beat Wisconsin in 1980 in Madison. Yes, he did. Go Cougs!